Welcome for our new watchers. This is the Red Hawk Recap. Where we discuss all kinds of stuff. We got comedy. We got MMA. We got jiu-jitsu. Health. Sports performance. And weekly news. Episode 101. We've done it again. wish I had a refreshment. If you have a refreshment, crack that puppy open, get your posture up. Let's have a hell of a show here. Soon we're going to have these shades for sale. And they're guaranteed to get you some puss. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, Funky Jam by Gloria Tells to get us started this afternoon. And uh, I was supposed to have Joe Diesel Riggs on, and he's an entertaining guy, funny guy, and he promised that he'd be here today. And I said, if not, then I get to shave an eyebrow, and he said, swear. So next time I see him, we'll be taking one of his brows off, unless he's got an incredible excuse. Uh, Ronin Auto Glass, they're local here in Phoenix. They'll come straight to your house and they'll fix your windshield. No problem. No questions asked. You don't got to drop it off to a store, drop it off at a, at a local store and get picked up by a family member or an uncle or something. You, they'll come right to your house and they'll fix that that windshield up. No problem. So thank you, Ronin Auto Glass, for the sponsorship. Okay, this weekend, we're about three days out from Jake Paul and Nate Diaz and it's been it's been interesting because Nate hasn't really been going back and forth. It's almost like he's really truly disrespecting Jake Paul in, in all the um, like the aerial the aerial interview. They sat down. Jake starts going off, and Jake's cut him coming at him with the. I know how dangerous he is. He's talking up Nate a lot, and Nate's almost just treating him like he's disrespectful and he doesn't earn that respect yet. And they're gonna go ten rounds. So I'm curious. Jake Paul's got a whole new training camp, Sugar Shane Mosley. And I'm sure he's getting a lot of, of, of different tips. And that was probably a smart idea for Jake to maybe switch switch trainers a little bit, get a little bit more tips for him from Sugar Shane Mosley, someone who's done it and has just a wealth of experience, who's a multiple-stripe black belt in boxing. Uh, they're going to go 10 rounds, and Jake Paul looks fit. He looks big. Nate, I'm so curious how he's going to come out and look. I know he's going to come out and put the pressure. You got to be careful putting the pressure, and he knows this, obviously. He's sparred with good boxers. Putting the pressure on Jake Paul, he's wanting you to chase after him. He's wanting to walk you into that big right hand, big left hook. He's going to be jabbing to the body a lot, jabbing to the body a lot, throwing a lot of right hands at the body just to set, set up his overhand in the later rounds. So I'm excited to see that. And then I got, I think, 10 students competing in the ADCC Open this weekend here in Scottsdale. And then we got five rounds of sparring for Sugar. So I'm going to have a busy weekend here, but I'm excited for it. And this weekend, we got Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Interesting main event. Interesting main event. It's going to be a sweet, sweet striking match. I was popping around YouTube this morning, and I saw this kind of pop up. Um, It was... Corey having an interview, and then he talks about Sean O'Malley, and here's what it says here. To be creative, you can start, like, making it as... But 
Um, last thing before we finish up on some rapid fire. And in, in his defense, I know that Sean O'Malley like has a podcast, so he talks a lot. I don't know if the things making headlines are exclusively the negative things he says. We know how the online sphere tends to operate. Uh, but he said if he becomes champion, quote, Corey ain't getting the fucking title shot next. Does, does Sean have a problem with you or like... Uh, I don't remember him saying that. I do remember us saying there's a good chance Corey Sanhagen's next. And uh, they're going to fight eventually. They're both in UFC. They're both uh, good strikers. They're going to fight, and it's going to be five rounds probably, and it's going to be a sweet little battle. So I don't know where this uh, little dork little dork guy here is finding that info. What's probably reading it off some random site random site that makes shit up do you, do you have any idea like where this energy is coming from and again it might just be misrepresented online i don't know yeah uh so I, whenever i kind of because those things do pop up on mine sometimes he seems indifferent you know like uh when he actually is answering the question so i'm like okay this guy's just kind of like answering the way that he's got to answer but there are things about sean o'malley that i think are just like super uh like lame kind of you know like t talking about things like uh like you fight the worst guy for the most amount of money like it everything being like business decisions all of that it's like that like like that i don't i can't connect with that type of thinking at all to me that's like okay you can't connect with that type of thinking you want to fight the best guys for a small amount of money and Maybe he is making some decent bread in the UFC, but not enough to support his parents, I bet. Not enough to buy his parents a house. Not enough to really support his parents. Buy multiple houses to where he'll never have to work again. Uh, let's continue on here. Those are ways of thinking that are just weak, and they're ways of thinking that are good. Yeah, when, when the, those ways of thinking are weak. Okay, you have the opportunity to fight, say, say seven times in the UFC. Do you want to fight the absolute best guys and get paid the same exact amount as you're going to get paid for fighting guys that there's probably a good chance you're going to beat them up? I don't know. I don't know. And do you want to keep winning so your contracts keep getting a lot bigger so then you can be like, wow, mom, I'm going to buy you a house. You don't got to work anymore. And I'm going to buy multiple houses. So I probably never have to work again a day in my life because I'm making these decisions right now. Or do you let the ego take over and say, no, I want to fight the best guys, no matter what I'm getting paid? I don't know. Trend into ruining the sport a little bit, in my opinion. Like, you should want to fight the best guy. Like, if you're here to be the actual world champion, like, that's what we're doing. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, but we're also, we're also looking out for the family and we're looking out for the future. I don't know. I guess you could look at it different, a couple different ways. I see this as like like a business, really. I don't see it as like making a ton of money. Like I make good money now. Like I'm good. I'm not like wealthy by any means. Like I don't have money that is going to last me until I die. But like how like the greediness and like the business decision things that. So I wonder if we could fast forward into in the future, twenty years or fifteen years. I wonder if Corey Sandhagen will say the same thing. Like, damn, I wish I was a little bit smarter about those matches. Or something but there, yeah i mean you got to give him respect too he is just a good good fighter and he wants to fight the best guys so you got to give him respect too you can't bash him but also looking at it from the other point of view you can't bash that point of view either and then a lot of these like types of like ways of thinking to me are just like lame and uh i don't think that 
passing on the message that you should fight the worst guy for the most amount of money. Like that is just such like a weak way of thinking in my opinion. And like me being who I am, like when I hear an opponent talk like that, like it gives, it gives me so much confidence that when we do have to step into the cage together, like I'm going to maul you because I've been trying to get ready to be the best in the entire world and take out anyone that's standing in my way and you're thinking about trying to make a bunch of money like that's like that yeah i mean i i I see what you're saying here but that i mean when that 25 minutes comes just i wonder if he thinks that we're just coming into training and we're trying to train with weak guys we're just trying to get through training or does he really think that his training is way harder than ours it's way harder than ours. He's sparring with better people. He's grappling with better people. Because um, I bet you he's not. So when we do fight, when they do f- get to fight, it's going to be a sweet match. That's going to be a sweet. That's going to be the sweetest striking match the UFC's had in a while, I believe. I mean, Izzy Pajara is freaking sweet. But these guys switching their stances, so unorthodox. Um, it's going to be a sweet, sweet, sweet fight. But what do you think on that stance, Jay, there? <clears throat> no bias. I mean, I could I could see like both sides, <clears throat> but I think like if I was a fighter, I'd obviously take Sean's route. Yeah, but <clears throat> I could see like I think I think Corey's thinking like that. Sean is like scared to fight better guys. It's not that Sean's scared. It's just it doesn't make sense. Like why? It, you know what I mean? How you're saying? Yeah. Like yep, yep. I yep. get I get both sides. You know, mm. obviously Sean's thinking long term. Yeah, man, long term and more about like, hey, I don't want to just set myself up. I want to set my kids, kids self up. I want to set everyone up. I want everyone to not have to stress about money. I want my parents not to have stress about money. Maybe he's not thinking about Corey's not thinking about man, I could make my parents money. I could make my parents retire. Maybe he's not thinking like that. Uh, Who knows? See what he says here brings me confidence. So uh, I don't really know if Sean O'Malley kind of like means those things because I actually like Sean like I think he's kind of like like I've always had nice interactions with him. I, I I think that he's like a really honest guy. Like I really appreciate his honesty when he is answering things. But uh, like the message of like it being a business to me is just like that's like not what that's like not martial arts to me. So I'm not. Yeah, I don't know about that one, brother. I do not know about that one. For real. <laughs> so if the UFC comes to you and says, "Hey, you can fight Peter Yawn again, Corey Sanhagen." You get the but you get you get a rematch him since he lost Garrett TikTok. You get a rematch him, uh, and we're gonna give you ten thousand dollars. Do you go back and do you say no? I want more money, or do you say <laughs> all right, I'll take it because I want to be the toughest and I want to re beat that guy. It's like where does it where does the line? Yeah, where's the line? But I mean, I think Corey San, Sanhagen's a nice kid. Yeah, it's not that Sean doesn't want to fight the best guys. He does. It's just like it has to make sense. It's yeah, it wants to make day. sense. We want to get paid for it. We want to get yeah. made, make some bread and be be okay. Because in these fights with these best guys, there's a good chance you're going to get damaged, mm-hmm. and some maybe some of that damage is going to last you for the rest of your life. So make it worth it. It don't. It only makes sense to me. Um, but Corey's a competitor too. I can see his his outlook on it, which is pretty pretty badass too smartest i don't know if that's the smartest but okay what else do we got so J- Corey versus rob font five rounder man it's just hard to say because look what cheeto did to rob font look what Corey did to cheeto the mma math doesn't work who's going to come out there healthy 
and who's going to come out and find their range first? Is Rob Font going to be able to cut him off a little bit, start sticking him with the jabs? Is he going to have an answer for Corey going side to side to southpaw to orthodox? Um, I'm looking forward to the fight. Going to be sweet, sweet. With the Jake Paul Nate Diaz, who do you got, Jay? I don't know. I could I could see Jake dropping Nate. Yeah. But I want Nate to win, obviously. But I don't. I don't know. I just feel like. Nate, Nate falls down a lot in his fights, no? Well, and, and, and is, is Nate the same Nate as he was five, six years ago? Uh, 10-ounce gloves are probably going to have, maybe maybe they're eights, but probably 10-ounce gloves with, uh, when you put a boxing wrap on, it's like a fucking yeah. cast. Uh, what, is Nate going to bring better skills than Tommy Fury did? No, he's going to probably pressure him, get in his face a lot. But again, that opens him up for hard fucking counters. Um, I don't think he's gonna knock him out, but I think he'll drop him at least once. Yeah, and then and then things happen like this. This happens so many times where people just count Nate out, count Nate out, yeah. can't count Nate out. But then he comes in and makes it a fucking fight, dude. Look at Leon, the the current champion. In the fifth round, he cracked Leon with a one two, started wobbling yeah. his knees. <laughs> um, it's obviously different MMA. I don't know. It's like a toss up for me. Yeah, I'm excited for it though. You gonna really buy am. it or uh, <laughs> stream it? Yeah, no, I'll buy. I'll buy it. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Because Dana White said, "Well, this isn't UFC, but Dana said if you get caught streaming UFC, mm-hmm. then you get to have to listen to Tyrone Woodley's rap album for 72 hours straight." Is that what he said? Yeah, liar. Well, that's what that's what the meme said. <laughs> Here we go. We got a call, Garrett. What up, G? Hey, brother. We're live on the pod right now. Oh, shit. We're on the pod. What's going on? I'm taking a shit right now, so. What's the word? I saw I missed your call. No, nah, you're good, brother. I am currently, I was just asking, you're that light, if you can cancel it for your uh, your studio. Okay. Okay, no problem. I'll cancel that up, and I'll give you a jingle after this, Garrett. All right, brother. All right, love you. Bye-bye. Okay, here we got tons of stuff coming up. Tons of stuff coming up, but since our um since my guest didn't show up that I had planned, which is real sweet, we got a bunch of uh loyal Patreon fan questions here. Timbo Jr., what's your current weightlifting cardio routine right now? Right now in 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 my garage, I have uh some kettlebells, some dumbbells, I've been doing a lot of heel heels elevated front squats and then my toes elevated um, straight leg deadlifts and I got my skier. I've been doing like 10 minutes warming up on that and then I got my treadmill. Then I got my pull-up bar. So I've just been doing a mixture. Every single day I do a little mixture of legs, a little bit of arms, nothing nothing really crazy. Maybe I'll do a video and throw it on Patreon soon. Hugo Brown, full day of eating and training. It depends what day it is. This morning I had an oat bowl, oatmeal bowl with a little bit of uh, berries and almond butter in it with some honey and a coffee. Probably have some wildflower here. It just goes day by day, Hugo. So right now, and then Mariah usually fixes up something. Last night we cooked this uh, steak on a pellet grill that my brother got me and sliced it up real thin for some steak fajitas, and they turned out phenomenal. We got brother Zach Raymond here. Best way to meet girls that you'd actually want to see a future with. Don't go out drinking in 20s. Do you think you could meet a high-value girl on Tinder? I think so. 
I think so because there's girls out there that are just prop girls that have their own passion that are trying to get good at their things too, but they're missing that male companionship. And if they don't go out to bars, they don't go out to a lot of places and maybe they're really cute. So at coffee shops, maybe guys are too intimidated to talk to them. So I think getting your swipes in, getting your swipes in and maybe just, I think you could meet a good girl on Tinder for sure. Didn't Brendan find his baby on there? Yep. <laughs> yep. Again. Go. So I think, I think for sure. Garrett, Garrett Hendricks, high value girls aren't on Tinder, brother. Bookstores are the easiest way I've found to meet like-minded high value girls. But then you go to those, those bookstores and stuff. And it's like, sometimes those girls don't want to be talked to, but I agree. Yeah. I mean, maybe at a coffee shop, maybe at a, a bookstore, where else? I don't know. I think you'll find them anywhere. Don't farmers don't, market. Yeah. Don't just think target. I don't know. I think you could find one on Tinder. You could find one at fucking Walmart, bro. Yeah. I think so too. You can find one anywhere. I think so. Yeah. Weird how it pops up. Isaac the great. What advice do you have for amateur kickboxing fight camp? Um, amateur kickboxing fight. I've tried, I've probably tried to at least spar twice a week, spar twice a week. Have maybe two runs. I put these runs on the on the Patreon also, Isaac, that are great for 15-minute MMA fights, but they could transfer over to a kickboxing fight for sure. They're half-hour runs, actually, and highs and lows of sprints, different breaks times, and it's really, really good to get your legs and your heart in shape for a fight, Isaac. So you can do two runs a week, two sparring sessions a week, and then a, maybe a bag workout, a bag workout and some pads probably twice a week, and then maybe some drilling once a week, and then you'll be ready to go jackson black who do you got between rob fawner Corey? are you doing the adcc trials rob fawner Corey, i'll probably if i had to bet money i'll probably pick Corey by decision adcc trials yes i plan to do the trials and i'm hoping i can get an open in such a pain in the ass these trials are going to even be tougher than last year though because now you have all these competitors doing adcc opens so they're really getting used to the the rule set and the point system. So now it's going to even be tougher. But yes, I plan on doing the trials. Shane Liu. Would love to see you have Eben Britton on the pod. You guys spread a really similar message. I can help get set up. If you're interested. Not familiar who that is, Shane Liu. But yeah. Let, it, let, uh, let me meet him and we'll see here. Michael BR. Not including injuries. What do you feel your biggest weakness weakness as a fighter? Be it mental, mental or physical. Not including injuries because that's probably the biggest weakness. My, the body just breaking down, body breaking down, something hurting, something hurting. You push through it, okay, now it's going to fuck you up for longer if you try to push through these injuries. You can't push through every injury. Um, so definitely physical, the body breaking down. I don't know if that has to do with something mentally. It could, be could, but I would say that for sure. Nick Yarnovich. Well, also, also, Wick says fighters going in there and trying to knock someone out early. Because you, as an amateur, you knock some people out, you hit them in the chin, and they fall. It's like, okay, now you think you can do that to everyone? You're not going to be able to do that to everyone. Maybe you are, but you got to be a little bit smarter with it. So being able to pick your shots, pick when you throw KO shots, and when you don't, that's a whole nother skill in itself. Because there's so many emotions going into a fight, it's hard to stay calm and calculated. That's what a professional is. You go into a fight all these emotions now there's money on the line and you want to knock that guy out quick so that's another one i had a little bit of trouble with trying to fucking take people out too quick 
Nick Yarnovich, Timbo, before making it big, what would you do to flex on a girl? My ex got every last laugh in the book, and it still bothers me. I need a W. Before making it big? I definitely haven't made it big, brother. Definitely not. What would I do to flex on a girl? Fuck, I don't know. I would just try to go just do a little bit of flirting. Just let them, maybe give them a compliment about something. Whether it's their hair. <laughs> point out, maybe point out an insecurity. Maybe say, if they have a big mole, say, hey, I don't mind that mole one bit. <laughs> no, a buddy told me that. I thought that was That'd funny. <laughs> I know, that would be fucked up. I wouldn't do that. Maybe, yeah, maybe make them laugh. Make them make feel, make them feel comfortable with you. Not be a fucking creep. Colt, yo, Timbo, I'm blind as a bat and considering getting PRK surgery. Were you nervous leading up to it and was the shit painful at all? Colt, I was so fucking nervous, dude. I was so scared knowing what I was going to do. Uh, driving there, I almost turned around. I almost turned around. But then I called the place and I said, hey, how many people are you doing? Today? They said they're doing like 15 people in one day. But then I showed up to the, the PRK shop and none of the workers had PRK. They all had glasses. And I'm like, oh, fuck. None of these guys have this done. And I was pretty scared. But they gave me, gave me a Valium. And then I asked for another Valium. So that really loosened me up and really didn't, at that point, I didn't give a fuck what they did to me. And I went in there and they took a little tool, put a little numbing shit in my eye, took a little tool, a little scraper tool, and literally scraped the top layer of my eyeball off. And while you're sitting there wide awake, they have your eyes peeled open. And then a laser comes in and they just say, they talk you through it. they almost done, buddy. And they talk you through it and concentrate on that laser. And this laser just fucking zaps your eye. You can't feel nothing because it's numb and you're on Valium. It's almost like a, like a dream or a movie. And then they sit you up. Okay, sit up. Literally takes 10 minutes. Took me 10, maybe 10 minutes for both my eyes. Sat up and I already could see better than I could without contacts. And then about 14 days down the road, it, it kind of sucks a little bit, but you got eye drops. You got eye drops uh, to keep them dry. The night after my PRK surgery, though, Mariah left and I thought I ran out of eye drops, but they were hidden. I ran out of eye drops and I'm sitting there. I can't even open my eyes. It feels like my eyeballs are literally sandpaper and I thought I ran out of eye drops and I was about to fucking freak out, dude. I, did, I, don't, I couldn't drive to the store to get eye drops because I had to keep my eyes closed. I couldn't even open my eyes. Um, so I took some of the pain meds and that kind of put me out. And then I got I, uh then I Ubered some eye drops. But I would definitely, dude, if if I could do this PRK surgery 10 years ago, fuck, I would have done it 10 years ago. It's the best thing I've ever done. Tim, you know what's crazy? Like, I think your eye was lazy when you first got it. Boss. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, bro. Come on, you got to tell it's me. It's not lazy anymore, though. But, like, when you first got it, I was like, yo, his shit is lazy, they bro. They fucked him up? But they're good now. <laughs> Boss. I swear, I thought you knew. Why did you say? You didn't know? I didn't know. You had to know. <laughs> I didn't know. One was one, no, or, or, or was one just hanging? No, I think one was like kind of like this, kind of. Oh fuck! But they're normal now. So I wonder if it just took like a day or two to adjust. Yeah, definitely don't Google shit. Don't definitely don't Google PRK accidents and I'll shit like that. You'll, you'll fucking <laughs> imagine this state like that, bro. <laughs> oh, God, I'll wander and I welch. We see. Okay, Soul Fifth. Any pre-pump rituals besides the occasional blue chew, brother? Pre-pump rituals, not really. Not really. Just get freshened up and ready to pound. 
Sean Quirk, what products do you use for hygiene? I use this shit. What the fuck is it called? It's called, they, they sell it at Sprouts. It's that toothpaste, the peppermint toothpaste, Bronner's. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bronner's soap from Sprouts and br- Bronner's toothpaste. And then we've been using this just ingredient stuff. It's weird. You put your toothbrush in it. It's like this, it's almost like a dirt substance, but you brush your teeth for two minutes with it and then you spit and it re-mineralizes your teeth. And my teeth have been feeling pretty good from that. Deodorant wise, I can't use that natural shit. I swear that natural shit it wears off too gives quick. me BO. Really? I know. I think it like wears off like in an hour or two. Yeah. So I sometimes throw on some Old Spice. I'm sure that's not <laughs> great for you. <laughs> what do you do? I do some natural shit too, but it wears off. Yeah, can't be doing that. John Maxwell the Third. What up, Timbo? Would you recommend Dan Garner and Shug's Brain Synergy Protocol for any athlete? All love. Shout out my homie Alex Davidson as well. Put him onto the pod and been learning a lot from Uncle Red. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. If you're getting cracked and stuff, if you're getting cracked constantly, constantly have headaches, constantly just sparring twice a week, I think that would benefit anyone. Trevor Coates, hey Tim, I'm still healing from my knee injury and probably can't make it to class for a few more weeks. It's been really frustrating and giving me FOMO of not training. Are there any drills I can do on my own in the meantime? Anything that doesn't require me sitting back on my heels. Sitting back on your heels. I mean, maybe the ski erg would work. Maybe you could do the ski erg, but you got to work around it. Every injury you get, you got to find a way to work around it. Because if you're in MMA or jiu-jitsu and every time you get injured, you go sit at home and do nothing, it's going to be hard. I mean, sometimes there's going to be injuries where you can't do anything, literally. Yeah. And then you got to just study it. You just have to accept that you're injured and let your body heal. That's it, dude. I feel like people fuck up when they try to come back too quick. That's exactly it. Just accepting it. Be like, I'm injured now. What I have to do is rest and accept that. And then study whoever you want. Watch different world champions and, and, and learn from studying. Chris Polanco. Hey, Tim, if you had a million bucks magically appear in your account, what kind of investments or purchases would you make? A milli? One mil. I would probably just pay off my house. After that, though. Pay off the house, so then there's going to be, what, 300K left? That's enough, bro. Probably just sit on it. Probably just sit on it. Come on, do some ignorant shit. By Richard Mill? Yes. <laughs> no. Please. No. Well, the thing is with those fucking Richard Mills, Sean's Richard Mill, the he investment. got for a hundred grand. Uh huh. And we looked at the market value of it yesterday. It's already up to 150 grand. <sighs> so you can't say that's a stupid investment. It's, not. it's just not. Uh, but what would be something ignorant you do? I feel like people always give like a politically correct answer. Yeah, a pussy that. answer. It's like, bro. I'm trying to think of something I want besides just fucking watches. Um, some more chains ignorant. maybe a maybe a tennis chain would be cool because <laughs> again that you can always yeah. flip and sell it's not like you're throwing away your money yeah other than that i would just pimp this gym out you know what i'd want i'd really want to buy another one of these spots in this spot and just make a sweet shower room yeah. where everyone can go shower someone to clean really it sick. that's one thing i really want this gym to have one day is some nice showers like taquinos uh justin tsb timbo when i roll with bigger guys in the gi i always get stuck in scarf hold position on the bottom any escapes or tips on how to 
get out or not get into that position with the bigger guys. I'm not sure what that is. It's like kind of like that. Um, when you they, know who liked to do that? Zach. Remember he used to tap people out from the Kimura from that like weird side control type oh, position with the oh, head? Okay, where you're sitting into a head and arm position. Yeah, yeah, basically. But like he's on his hip kind of. Yeah, there's a couple different wrestling escapes you can do. You can start to obviously bridge into them and start clearing your elbow, but bridge into them hard so they push back into you and then bridge hard the other way. That's a pretty common one, but that is a hard position, especially people that are good at that position and, and good at sticking you in the fuck. head and arm. <laughs> yeah. Just Maybe, play top. And, or just focus on not getting that position. Give up any other position but that. So when they yeah. do get to side control or something, or they're in a dominant position, maybe just really tuck your arms. Don't have your arms flailing out, really posting out to where they can sit out and start fucking cranking it. Connor Klaus, what should every blue belt know? Every blue belt should know how to get a side control and maybe a few different ways to get a side control. Every blue belt should know a couple different ways to get out of mount, not only one. They should know how to escape the back. They should have at least one or two good guard passes that they know, one or two good sweeps that they know. In the gi, they should know in sleeve and collar how to have good posture. Sit your butt down, break the collar grip. Or spider guard, have good posture. Try to get their feet off your biceps. They should have, have some a basic pass from almost every guard. I mean, there's some really fancy guards that people aren't sure of. But you should have a couple sweeps, couple passes, and know how to escape all bad positions. Once you know that, you're probably a decent blue belt. Um... Garrett Hendricks, not to throw any shade at the Jobin homies, but do you ever get burnt out of hanging out around the Jobins that are so much less experienced at life? Like you're always giving them advice and showing them how to live. Doesn't that get old? Who do you look, look up to in the same way they look up to you? Besides Tank, Brandon, and Imran. Yeah, I mean, those are the guys too, really. All those guys have so much just life experience. And Brandon lives by what he preaches. Takinio lives by what he preaches. Imran, so much business experience. So I look up to those. Those are probably the main guys I, I really look up to. I'm trying to think of other people. Paul Check. Love learning from Paul Check and, and just other random books. The, the Tim Ferriss pod I've learned so much from. Naval. But I don't get... I don't get annoyed at that because it's always just fun with the Jobins. I mean, yeah, they're less life experience, but it's just fun hanging out with them and their humor's funny and it's just like, it's like you're a kid. And I'm, I'm always, always hanging out with different people at the gym. I, I come to the gym and there's 50, 60 different people with different jobs, different sense of humor, different people. So I'm always hanging out with different pe people, but no, if I got sick of hanging out with the Jobins, I wouldn't hang out with them anymore. Sabian. Is creatine something fighters usually stay away from in camp since it adds some extra water weight? And also, do you or Sh you or Sean ever do any fasting? I've heard there's a lot of health benefits, peace and love. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I wake up. I don't. I don't know if I'd be considered fasting though if I do a bulletproof coffee. But what are the benefits? I of didn't get that. Could you try uh, again? What are the benefits of creatine? Okay. I Supposedly, for what are the benefits of creatine, creatine is the most scientifically studied supplement. That's what they. That's what I've I've heard. That's what I've read. Who fucking knows? Yeah, a lot of it comes from meat. Um, 
Does creatine make you gain muscle? It depends. Studies show that regularly taking creatine, weightlifting, and exercising can help increase muscle growth to people 18 to 30 years old. However, there isn't enough research to say that creatine helps develop muscle growth in people older than 65. Um, it says it just really helps recover your muscles. And if you're looking to get some good creatine, the thorn creatine is quality. I've been taking that. When I'm really beat up, after doing those fucking stairs in Verado, running up those stairs four times, everyone who did that with us, calves are so fucked up. Dude, mine's are still sore. Mine this morning. I'm like, fuck, they're still fucked up. And I'm <laughs> pissed because I'm like, well, I got these guys that are doing the ADCC. I hope their calves are good by then. It should be. Yeah, A couple sure. more days, yeah. their, their calves should be good. But speed, speeds up muscle recovery. When you t exercise, you create micro tears in your muscle fibers. As you recover, the micro tears in your muscle fibers heal and your muscles get stronger. Creatine helps activate satellite cells in your muscles, increases anabolic hormones, boosts water content in muscles. Better cell hydration may increase muscle growth and reduce dehydration. I know that Dan Garner during fight week and stuff doesn't have Sean taking creatine. I don't even know if he hasn't taken much creatine this fight camp. Um, People always say like it holds you. Like your water. So I wonder that that's why he doesn't take it. Yeah, it helps retain the water. Ryan Reed, you mentioned a few videos back that you found a more affordable $1,500 cold plunge. Could you share the name of it? I think it's called The Pod. I actually was researching it this morning because I want to buy my data cold plunge. That's what it is. On Instagram, it's called The Ice Pod. And it's a smaller one and it comes with a chiller. Because people buy these these tanks. Buy these tanks that you got to fill up with ice, but it's like, it's a pain in the ass going to the gas station buying that much fucking ice. It's just, you're not going to do it that much. But having the cold chiller to where that thing's ready to go at any time, that's the way to do it. Cold Killer Clark, okay, I got a question. What was the assault bike workout that Sugar does where he held water in his mouth while he sprints? Did he still do that? No, I don't even know that one. I don't even remember that one, but we have been doing a lot of airdyne this fight camp. A lot of airdyne sprints combined with mitts combined with some wrestling and uh sprints on that assault bike are fucking brutal we had a little challenge at the gym here of how fast can you get 40 calories on the airdyne and the winner was joe perez i think he got 58 seconds it might have been 53 seconds but that's fucking fast i got I think a minute 35 um, bunch of guys that beat me, but to do, do, do that, if you have an airdyne, go on that puppy and get 40 calories as fast as you can and let me know what you got. What's your most reliable back take? I mean, just fine. The most basic back take is getting the seatbelt, turking the leg, tipping them over. Seatbelt, turking the leg, if they roll the other way, then you got to jump over and follow their back. That's probably the most used back take, the most uh, just basic back take to do. For sure. All right, what else do we got? We got some more of those horny call-ins. What's the dumbest thing you've done when you're horny? And we've all been there before. Just horned up to where you can't even fucking think straight. Shout out Sugar, Timbo, Schmitty, Brendan, Jay. Fuck with you guys. This is the horniest shit I've ever done. <laughs> My girl was acting like a bitch for two weeks. Had some girl over. Didn't have any condoms, so I went under my bed and grabbed an old one, and I washed that shit. Oh. And I went to Pound Town, boys. Oh. But yeah, that's the horniest shit I've ever done. But before I leave, Sugar, what's going to be your walk-up song, bro? 
Are you going to run it back with Superstar? Or is it going to be that 6ix9ine new shit, boy? Let me know. Ugh. Um, I'm out. Yeah, that, I mean, the fact that you have a dirty condom under your bed, brother. We got to get clean, We gotta get that cleaned up. That's gross as fuck. That's a good way to get a serious infection. But thanks for being honest with us, brother, and letting us know. But, God. I've been there before, though. Okay, this one was a text. When I was a young lad, jerking off more times than I can count on my fingers, I bought some Pringles, ate them all in one sitting, and went to work. I stuck two sponges along the walls of the can, then added a rubber glove in between. Got me some lotion and went to town. Made himself a little fleshlight there. A little do-it-yourself fleshlight. DIY? Yep. Okay. That's gross. That is. We'll go next. I've never heard these, so fucking bear with me. Uh, yeah, so I would definitely say the craziest thing I did when I was horny was that, uh, so I just got a blue belt, and um, I just got promoted like a stripe. So, so anyways, I fucking, I wanted like another stripe, so what I did was I fucking went in the corner in the back of the gym. There's like a door back there. I fucking busted a nut on the fucking Ooh. blue belt, so it gave me like half a stripe. See, now these are just <laughs> fake. I know. These are just fake, fake. I don't want none of the fake shit. I want the real. <laughs> we'll try this one. We'll make this the last one. There's a bunch of these. Where does it keep disconnecting? My fellow Jobins. One thing I did when I was a, a little horn dog, when I first started learning how to beat the Schmied, saw him about these, this couch and uh, the two um, little sofas. Put my little pecker, about 11, 12 years old, between the between those good cushions, and started having my way. Don't know what I was thinking. I was just a little horn dog. Ain't nothing erupting from that volcano yet. All right. Yeah, when you're young buck like that, you're not sure. You see any fucking little shit, you just start thinking, thinking bad. This is an interesting show we started watching. I couldn't finish it. It was too fucking slow. It was called The Story of Lucy Blackman. And this guy, Joji Obora, is a Korean-Japanese serial rapist who raped between 150 and 400 women. He was charged with drugging, raping, and killing British woman Lucy Blackman. The rape and manslaughter of the Australian woman, Corita Ridgeway, and the rape of eight other women. Obara was jailed for life in multiple rape charges and manslaughter, but was acquitted of Blackman's rape and murder for lack of direct evidence. In 2008, Tokyo court found Obara guilty on the counts of abduction, dismemberment, and disposal of Blackman's body. Blackman's death was, as well as Obara's trial, received extensive press coverage internationally, especially in Britain. God, see, that's why they, they need they need to, if it's proven like that, if it's proven that that person was raping someone or doing something pedophilia, they need to kill those people. Because though when they do that to a kid or they do that to a person, that, or, or a parent was doing that to their kid or something, yeah. that's the kid who turns out to be a psycho. And it wasn't even, I mean, it is their fault, but they didn't even create themselves. Fucked up shit happened to them and it just, 
just keeps going yeah it's like so you got you got to get rid of them that's what they say to a lot of people that have gotten raped when they're younger they end up raping people back though yeah like on some weird stuff yeah it's fucking brutal crimes obero was a drug user who was reported to have a fixation on white women he developed a pattern of criminal behavior beginning with unlawfully administering drugs to render victims because there was a nice place in japan that these foreigner girls would go and be hostesses and and serve the guys the rich guys drinks so he must uh been giving them some pills shutting them down (laughs) did you see that video you know who fussy tube is or no Ah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> he's like this famous YouTuber back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think he still streams and shit, but he's older now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was doing like, uh, like a like a stream, like a twenty four hour type stream, and he was like singing rap, and he said the n word on accident live. <laughs> did you see that or no? It's going kind of viral, and he's just like, "Fuck, I never used that word, guys. I swear." <laughs> he's so embarrassed. <laughs> I know that's that's the weird thing. He's like, you, you catch yourself singing a song. That's what I'm saying. And you let it rip. But the way he reacted was hilarious. That is hilarious. And then we got uh, Kevin Gastelum pulled out of his Shavkat fight. And he posted the video. He was uh, sparring this kid named Ray Waters, who's a 170-pound up-and-comer. He's a real stud from Fight Ready. And uh, Ray Waters threw a head kick over his head and then spun. And Kevin Gastelum kind of rushed him to take his back. And it ran into an elbow right, right on the side of his nose, too. So it turned his nose fucking sideways. And you could hear the crack of his nose. Freaking gnarly injury. Okay, this is from Michael Benson. This is the biggest Las Vegas gates. Mayweather and Pacquiao did 72.2 million. Jesus. So what's the... 72.2 million, okay. Mayweather McGregor did 55.4 million. Canelo and Glovkin. Canelo and Glovkin too. Davis versus Gar- Garcia. And then Spence versus Crawford was up there. Wow. And then Mayweather and Canelo only did the 20 million. So that was number seven on the list. And Mayweather, Del Hoya, 19 million. Damn. I wonder what Jake Paul Nate Diaz is going to do. Oh, that was the gates. That was just oh. the gates. That was the ticket sales. So the tickets were just so fucking Do expensive. they always release the numbers? Like... Oh, do they re- does it take a while for it to release the actual numbers? Like a year or two? Or? I think, yeah, I think it takes a, a while. Pretty sure. There's... Pretty sure. What else we got here going on today? Uh, this is an interesting thing. This, but this is, was, I think it was from a book. To a first approximation, wisdom is the capacity to take your own advice. You effortlessly give that advice to others. If you could just give it and successfully receive it yourself, you're basically Socrates. Treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. That's good. good. I mean, that's good advice. I've heard that from someone before saying, if someone came to you with your same problem and asked you what to do, what would you say? And a lot of people have the answer, but then they don't fucking do it. Yeah, I feel like sometimes people just want to have their hand held through everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, this is a James Clear newsletter I've been enjoying. I haven't read this one yet. Number one, anxiety is thought without control. Flow is control without thought. A little deep. 
little deep. Anxiety, yes. Fucking anxiety, dude, is brutal. Everyone that has phones and apps and YouTube and all that shit is going to deal with fucking anxiety. And then start creating some random problems that aren't even there. You find, I mean, you find that with girls. Like, if you're picking a girlfriend and she just has no passion. She has nothing to think about with her thoughts besides buying shit, social media. Like, there's a good chance she's going to be all up in your business and it's going to be fucking tough. So, how's your new baby boo? Too soon. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Number two. One sign you haven't done enough reading is if you find yourself agreeing with whatever book you read, read last. At first, it's easy to be swayed by any reasonable argument. Once you've read a lot, you can see that even the best arguments have limitations. I think that's true. It's crazy that way with documentaries, too, dude. They can just fucking sway you. It's like that with pods, too, though, you know? Like yeah. Hearing like People say something and you think it's just the truth for... Like the documentaries, though, it's like they, they can. My mom texts me, I'm done with meat. I watch this documentary and it's <laughs> like, wow, it's the cause of all our problems. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. But then you have someone like Paul Jack and then it's like, yo. Yeah. Tripping. Someone who's a real study. And then you have someone like Sean who watches a documentary and then he goes vegan <laughs> for his. Uh, That's how I, I was very like influenced when I was younger. I still am. I mean, we all are. Yeah. Not me. But then Sean, I'm like, dude, you got to eat some meat. It's like, no, fuck that. I ain't eating meat and then for his uh his fight in the contender series. He's yeah. like, fuck that. No, me and Danny, we watched this documentary. We're, we're <laughs> vegan. <laughs> Fucker walked in the cage, buck thirty eight. I think I think when you're at that like beginning phase of where you're trying to better yourself, you just think like you read like one certain book and this is like what you go by, you know? Yeah. But up until you realize like open yourself up to other uh perspectives, I guess. This thing popped up on Twitter. This lady just died. She was just a big advocate, 39 years old, huge advocate of you just only eat fruit diet. That's all you eat. You just eat fruit. And uh, she ended up dying from malnutrition. So, okay, here's number three. We want solutions, but we what we really need are attitudes. You don't need abs, but rather an attitude of training. You don't need the answer, but rather an attitude of curiosity. You don't need an easier life, but rather an attitude of perseverance. Attitude precedes outcome. Musician Nick Cave on the love and grief. It seems to me that if we love, we grieve. That's the deal. That's the pact. Grief and love are forever intertwined. Grief is the terrible reminder of the depths of our love, and like love is grief is non-negotiable. Way too deep for me. Have you been reading any books lately or no? I've been reading the, the, the book again, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and then going back through the Tribe of Mentors again. I haven't really got any new books for a while. I just keep trying to go back to the ones yeah. I enjoyed. Same but that, that book, dude. I always read the uh, Naval one a lot, like over and over. That that How to Win Friends and Influence People, it sounds weird because of the title, but it just... Sounds kind of manipulative. But yeah, but it's, it's not. not. It's uh. not that way at all. But if you're looking to run a like a type of business or something, that's uh-huh. a good book to read. Just how to. I always had a copy of it. I just haven't like opened it. You still have it? Yeah. You should go through it okay. for sure, especially if you're going to open your own gym. Yeah. Physician Lewis Thompson on the port and importance of making mistakes. Mis- mistakes are the very base of human thought embedded there, feeding the structure like root nodules. If we were not provided with the knack of being wrong, we could never get anything useful done. We think our way long along by choosing between right and wrong alternatives, and the wrong choices have to be made as frequently as the right ones. 
We get along in life this way. We are built to make mistakes, coded for error. We learn as we save by trial error. Why do we always say that? Why not trial and rightness or trial and trump? The old phrase puts that way because it's real in real life. See, some things like this, some things like this, and some things on this newsletter, it's like they take a super simple topic mm-hmm. and they try to make it complicated and they yeah. try to say it in a different way. That's why I always like like Steve Jobs' way of thinking because he's always like, should be able to explain something super complex, like simple. That's what Naval says yeah. too, though, you know? Like if and you're really smart, you should be able to explain it to a kid almost. Yeah, and that's jiu-jitsu. It's just so complicated. And I see I see it sometimes with like blue belts or purple belts or brown belts. They think if they explain it over and over, like all these different details that people mm-hmm. understand, but it's like, dude, sometimes what's, it's one much, thing I learned from Takino is you just say some basic stuff and just let them do it. Let them start to figure it out on their own. Yeah, some people, that's what I learned from him. The basic shit, it's the better. It's probably like a way of uh, parenting too, no? You think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know. We'll see you when you pop one out, man. Dude, we're fucking two weeks, 13 days, I think. 13 days? No, uh-huh. no. 12 days. Boston? 12 days, we'll be in Boston. Sean's fighting for the championship. It's crazy, huh? It's fucking so crazy. It really doesn't feel that much different. But I'm sure when we get there fight week, it's just gonna it's gonna feel a lot different once everything starts releasing stuff. Uh, yeah, fuck, it's gonna be crazy. And then we got Jeff Neal, Ian Gary on that fight, Cody Garbrandt, Mario Bautista. Mario Bautista is a durable, durable orthodox boxer. He's very well rounded. He can wrestle really good. He's a black belt in jujitsu. He's big. He used to not be big. I cornered uh, Mario. I went with him to New York when he fought Corey Sanhagen. and he got the fight on like five days' notice. But he was really small at that time; barely had to cut any weight. I remember fight week. We got there, and he was one like in his one forties, low one forties. He was very small. But now he's been working with Jarrett at the lab. He's been at the lab for a minute now, and he's a very quiet kid, but the nicest, most respectful kid. And he's very fucking strong and durable. Um, I can very well see him finishing Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt's dangerous though cuz he can he blitz blitzes forward faster than people think. He blitzes forward with his combos and then comes over the top. He's got a good right hand. I just don't see anywhere he's going to beat Mario. Especially right now. Mario's just coming in, into his own. I could definitely see Mario be in the top 5 and be up there. And then fight week we're going to have a lot of run-ins with Marlon Marlon Cheeto Vera. And Pedro Munoz. I'm curious how that fight goes, but I can't, the more I think about it, think Pedro Munoz. Wins? Yeah, he's just longer, so too, yeah. longer. Pedro Munoz. They, they, he known for calf kicks at American Top Team. I think Cheeto's probably gonna have an answer for those. I think Pedro's like already, like has a couple more fights in him now. He's 36 years old. He's 20 and seven, and he's five five. Um, and then wow, we got on the preliminary card. We got. Chris Weidman versus Brad Tavares. That's a fucking sweet fight. Really sweet. Chris Weidman's on a on a on a streak right now. Like not the best streak. I don't think. Let me look here again. Like no, he's only, he's, he's only he won his Omari one, but out of the last Let's see here. We got 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 Eight. He's two and six out of the last eight fights, but he's been fighting the monsters. 
Because you had that TKO loss, Luke Rockhold, KO, Flying Needy, Yoel, and he lost Gegard. Those are fucking three monsters right in the row. And he beat Kelvin Gaslam. Another huge win. And he has two. And he fights Jacare. And he fights Dominic Reyes. And he beat the Omari kid. Then he lost to Uriah Hall. So it'd be good to see uh, Chris Weidman back in the win column. Who else are we going to see here fight week? Dustin Jacoby. Preliminary card. Oh, that's this week. And then we got Kyler Phillips this week. So then we got Max Holloway, Korean Zombie. I wonder if Korean Zombie's going to come out to AZ and train for that. What? Yeah. They booked that? that uh, yeah, they booked that. That's a main event, August 26th. For that card there. RIP Zombie. God damn. You know it too. Yeah, I mean, Zombie's tricky though, dude. You can't count that motherfucker out. He cracks. Max Holloway's never been TKO'd, right? Uh-uh. Never TKO'd or KO'd. <sighs> yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, you know. Oh, I don't. You know. Oh, I fucking know, buddy. <laughs> All right, what else? Let's scroll some Twitter here. Yeah, it, it's really tough when you have a whole interview wrote Blank. down, ready to go in your mind. <laughs> now you and, then, wing it. and then literally you wake up in the morning and now they uh, just don't show up. But that's Diesel Riggs. I love him. <laughs> but you yeah, can't be surprised. The Diesel. So. All right, we'll end it at that, ladies and gentlemen. You were like 50-something. In. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Next week we'll hopefully have the Diesel back or we'll see what we're doing. Hope you guys enjoy the, the pod. I think we just hit 47,000 subscribers. Close to 50,000. YouTube's doing this new thing now. Each week, it shows you what videos you posted, how many likes you got, how many subscribers you got through that week. There's a whole breakdown on it. It's pretty cool. Should do a giveaway or something for 50K so more people sub. Yeah, that's a good idea. Think of something. And then on patreon.com slash Red Hawk Academy, stuff going up there all the time as usual. And I got a new camera set up and a whole new studio set up for that at-home studio. And uh, it's really nice. So I look forward to doing some more YouTube lives and doing some different stuff like that. Uh, here, here's another. Let's let's do these real quick. He's doing, yeah, excited for the house tour. These are more Patreon things. I'm gonna do a house tour for the Patreon. Um, are there any mantras that you have? Maybe a pre-fight, pre-knocking boots, or just morning routine? I don't really do mantras. You mantra ever? Nah. Fuck bitches, get money at all always or. Basically, I feel like the the my last comp. You know what I was doing? I was just uh, I was watching a lot of John Jones interview. I like his mentality, mm-hmm. like before he goes into a fight and shit. But other than that, not really. Yeah, Declan Flynn. Hey Tim, what's up, but a sm- I'm from a small remote village in Ireland, and I recently just went to Thailand for three months to train at Tiger Muay Thai and had the best experience of my life. I'm back home now and want to move to Thailand next year once I've saved up more cash, but don't want to lose a step since there's no MMA gym within two hours of me. What would you do in my situation? P.S. Sorry for long message. I mean, Declan, you got to you got to find a boxing gym, find some sort of mixed martial arts gym to improve in. That's close to you. There's got to be something. Maybe if it's a small village, maybe find a kid who's your age and say, "Hey, you want to spar, or you want to hold, learn to hold pads for each other," and you can get better that way. Just recruiting some people to train with. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you hit that like and subscribe button, comment on the pod below, and I will see you guys probably in a couple days if you're a YouTube subscriber. I'm going to go live probably before the Jake Paul Nate Diaz fights this weekend, and then we'll go from there. See you guys next week. Love you. Bye-bye.